Hello there, Sharks. I'm Jonathan Little, here with Matt Affleck. He's been catching some fish at the World Series of Poker. How many fish do you think you've caught on day 1A of the main event? Or 30, day 1D? 36. 36 fish? I only caught about seven. It's all about how many fish you catch at the end of the day. You, you got me. <laughs> all right, in this end, a tight cash game regular. Raises it up, playing about 50 big blinds, effective deep, under the gun. We have pocket jacks. Some people just think, jacks three bet every time, obviously it's the best hand. What do you think? I think three betting's fine, but I think calling's fine as well. Um, had some weaker players behind me, so I thought calling was fine. When we're playing like really deep stack, you probably want to mix it up. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit more, but as you start getting shallower and shallower, it's probably okay just to call, see what happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, once it, like once you get really shallow, you just get it in, but 50 big blinds is kind of a weird spot where you don't really want to 3-bet and get jammed or re-raised, and you will against good players. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you say he's a good tight cash rag, so you know, maybe he's not going to 4-bet as often as he should, but whatever. You call. I like the call. Loose passive fish. Ooh, we're going to get our 38th fish, 37th, I would know <laughs> you say. All right. He opts to call. We see a Four-way pot when the big blind completes two. Four ways to the flop. Six, three, two. And they check to you. How do you feel about this spot? This is an interesting spot. Because of most players. So if I'm the under-the-gun player, I'm never betting on this flop. And I Why? check 100% of the time. Why? Um, one, we're under the gun. And I might not even raise deuces and threes under the gun. And so we just whiff unless we have an overpair. And there's three players that could potentially have sets and 5-4 suited. And they would, a lot of them would play all these hands, right? Yeah. So they all have, or have most of the nuts, and you have basically no nuts. And myself and the low jack, like, I'm calling jacks here. I might even call queens sometimes. I'm probably going to 3-bet queens mostly, but I can call queens sometimes. So really, the under the guns, like, his advantages come from having aces and kings, and that's it. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot more disadvantages on this flop. For him and it's just way different when it's four ways here and you have four ranges that could just have a lot of really really good hands here and you don't have a lot of really good hands here so if i'm the under the gun player um i'm checking a lot and i've seen this player he seems to kind of know what he's doing i've seen like good bet sizing and some checks from out of position so i don't fully know how he's playing the spot but i think he kind of knows this is not a good flop for him he seems savvy enough to know this is not a good flop for him at all on most low card boards maybe like what eight or lower something like that you, you need to be checking a ton when it's multi-way right yeah multi-way pots is just you have to play so much more passive than um a heads up pot and a lot of the studying I do is three-way, and it gets even magnified when it's four-ways now, because now we have the big blind who could just have six-deuce suited and three-deuce suited and all that type of stuff. And, um, you know, and I have a really strong flatting range here, so it's just kind of a, you know, complicated spot where even if I bet with jacks and get called, I don't even have a ton of equity because it's going to be hands like six-five suited, for like pairs plus gut shots, you know, aces, kings, and queens can still roll off where I'm losing to overcards. You know, it's not as fist pump, let's get all the money in type of spot as some people may think here. Right, so kind of like under the gun should be checking a lot. You should as well. And that's even more true as there are more and more people yet to act. Right? Yeah, like this player is a loose passive player, but like let's say this is a good player on the button, then I would actually check 100% here. If this was another good player on the button, because when the button is the third caller, what types of hands do they call? Preflop. Suited aces and like pairs and suited connectors. Pretty good flop for suited connectors, pairs, and like ace-four suited, ace-five suited, ace-three, ace-deuce, ace-six, like 
all pretty good flops for them. So Yeah, I think what happens to a lot of people is they think over pairs are good. Let me pile my money in. Or they think my jacks are vulnerable. I guess I better bet my opponents out of whatever they have. Which, you know, to be fair, whenever you do check here, you are going to get outdrawn sometimes. Yeah. And that's okay. You got to remember, you put in a fourth of the money. You don't need to win all that often. I think betting here is fine, but if you're going to bet here, most, like, I would bet, like, 1500 You got to bet really small here, because if you bet big, you're just, like, when you get called, you're like, oh, this is not good. But you want to just bet small, kind of deny equity, and you don't want them to fold, like, pocket eights if you bet really big here. So, one thing... I will, I will mention, is that if you bet big here, 4000 5000 a lot of players in live poker are never folding pocket eights. Yes, I agree with that. So maybe the good the big bet's okay against players who are not so good. Potentially, I agree with that. But when I bet 4000 and under gun the calls, now I'm kind of screwed. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> that's the one thing here when I bet big, and there's certain players that call here that I'm not going to be happy about my equity in the hand. And it's kind of neat, though. If, if Like, imagine under the gun always bets aces, kings, queens, jacks, tens. Then betting here is really good. Right, because then you, you smash under the gun. And exactly. if they're going to call you with nonsense, like, you know, whatever, just yep. one pair of hands, then betting big could be fine. It's always important to adjust to the opponents, but... Especially from a you know very fundamentally sound point of view, small bets and multi-way pots, typically when you don't really have a whole lot of super nuts. Yeah. Right. All right. So we check. Loose passive fish on the button bets fifty-two hundred. Did he not watch what I just said? Yeah. All right. He blasted it. So okay, gosh, guys, loose and passive, and he's blasting it. So I think something that happens in World Series of poker tournaments is some players play pretty loose, and they're pretty passive, but their opponents think that just because they're in a lot of pots. They must be wildly aggressive. But that's not true, right? Yeah. This player earlier, like, I bet like 1500 on like a board like this, and he just shoved for 40000 mm. and then rolled over a set of deuces. If mm. I didn't do that, you would have caught your straight. That's what he said to me. So, <laughs> well, there you go, right? So this bet was very concerning. <laughs> yeah, so okay. They fold around to you. Everyone else gets the memo. You didn't get it. You, you missed out on the memo. So what do we do here with the pocket jacks? I mean, it's just call, right? Yeah. There's no other option. If I, so here's a tough spot that happens where loose passive fish bets and then big blind or under the gun calls. Do we ever start making a nitty fold? I might. If under the gun fold call here, I'd probably fold. Yeah. It's tougher when the big blind calls because they're going to have a lot of one pairs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So we're going to call. This is another situation where, like, you're just kind of bluff catching, right? Yep. I mean, you're, you're basically never folding on the turn like if it's he, a bad turn. I mean, if he blasts the turn again, I might consider folding okay. on certain cards. But the reason we're looking to get away from this hand, well, get away from the reason we're considering getting away from it is because the opponent's blasting it into multiple people. Exactly. All of whom could have something decent. 100%. So they probably have something pretty good. All right, turn is the ace. I don't know if that's actually all that terrible for you. Weird spot. No, he shouldn't really ever have an ace. This isn't the type of player that's just going to blast with ace four, ace five on the flop. So. Okay. But I don't really have an ace either because like, I would have folded, but he doesn't know that. The ace is just a scare card for him. He doesn't realize that I never have an ace here, so that's good for me here because it's going to get me to showdown. It's an interesting spot when the scare card is not really a scare card. Exactly. Right? Like Neither player has a lot of aces. I mean, to be fair, you could maybe have ace six suited, maybe ace three suited, ace two suited if you decided to splash a little yeah. bit. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Not a whole lot of combinations of those. So anyway, you check. He checks. Good. River is a nine. Hmm. I want all of you at home watching. Hello, we see you. I want you to pause the video and let me know what you would do in the spot. Are you just checking, looking to check call a reasonable bet? Are you checking, looking to check fold to a reasonable bet? Are you betting small, like 5,000? Or are you betting big, 
like 15,000. Pause the video and write what you would do below. I think we have two options. Okay. What do you think the two options are? We can check. Okay. Do we call if he bats? It's probably a tough spot if he bats. Depends on how big he bats, right? Yes. As he goes smaller, it's probably just easier to call. As he goes bigger, it's probably easier to fold. Or we can go for a small bat. One of these spots where when it goes check, check, he's going to have a whole lot of hands like tens, eights, stuff like that. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. When you check any bets, what's mm -hmm. his value range? It's kind of a weird spot because he doesn't have a whole lot of aces, right? Yes. I don't know what his value range is. It shouldn't be, shouldn't be all that much of a value range if you think about it, right? It, I mean, it's probably like, you know, a loose passive wreck here. You know, he's just going to be betting good hands. He's not going to like... They're, he's not going to make a thin value bet with eights. Right. So then. So jacks are a bluff catcher. Right. And how does like our jacks block the value range in terms of is our hand a good bluff catcher? I'm more concerned with what bluffs are we blocking or unblocking. That's true as well. Right. Like, we don't really unblock that many bluffs. Right. But like we're never happy when he bets. No, we're not happy about it. We're not. We're not happy at all. And so that leads to the next question. Yeah. Find the bluffs. Yeah. <laughs> well. The, the next question was to me, if we bet, do we get called by a worse hand? Sure. So, if, he, if he randomly has some nine, not that he's going to have a whole lot of nine, sure. If he randomly has tens or eights or sevens, sure. Maybe fives calls, maybe fours calls, six, five suited calls if he has it. Okay. Maybe. So after answering the question there, like just talking it out so there. Sounds like we have a nice small bet, right? Yeah. This is like one of the most important spots in No Limit Hold'em, I think, here. Because what a lot of people, like, I would guess, I'm going to say, like, 90% of the audience is going to say to check here. Bluff catching is tough. Yes. Especially, so, like, find the bluff. I think it's safe <laughs> to say when we check here and he bets, no matter what sizing he chooses, it's a bluff catcher. Mm -hmm. But, so, when you bluff catch, your hand is just worth no chips at all. You, you just lose the pot. Right. Now, when we bet, though, it's pretty considerably that we can go call by pocket tens. Pocket eights, pocket sevens. I think like six five suited maybe is a hand that he bets really big on the flop with, something like that. Pocket fours, pocket fives. Nine native hearts randomly if he decided to do it. Nine eight of spades, ten nine of, like like something like those hands are less way less likely. But like they all exist to some extent though, right? And then all those hands we just mentioned, what are they going to do if we check? Yeah, just going to check it back. We get no value. Exactly. So we let the hands that we beat check behind when we check here, mm -hmm. and when we check and he bets we automatically, our hand just turns to zero because we're bluff catching. And so betting here is just miles better than check calling, I think, or check folding because we make money when we bet here. Mm -hmm. And we don't make any money at all when we check here. So question becomes how far down do we bet? It gets close here because the nine isn't the best because pocket nines is one of those hands. So mm -hmm. like we lost... What are those hands? Like, tens could maybe, like, I'm going to lose to, like, queens here sometimes. Like, I could see this player maybe playing, like, queens like this. And, like, if I had tens, I'd be a little worried they played jacks like this. I think that's, like, a reasonable line that someone might play here with pocket jacks. Bet really big on the flop. So, you know, this is getting down there as, like, some of the worst hands. So. Okay. And, and that's roughly what I would have thought as well. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I'm sure people are screaming at their computer right now. What if you bet and he raises you? Then you fold. Now, you want to make sure you're also betting small with some effective nut hands, right? Uh, I guess this type of player, I would never do that. Um, well, I so lose pass efficiency is just not going to bluff you. Exactly. Against, like, a good player, 
yes. But like against this player, you're just they're, if they're never going to bluff raise you, it's just a disaster to bet small with pocket nines here. Okay. Because that's you're just only going to get the small bet. That's the only bet you can get. Right. You're that. never going to induce the exactly. the bluff. Right. And it's important to note we do have pocket nines here. Yeah. Right. So we do have some really good hands that are super nuts. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's see what you did. You bet small yep. five thousand. You actually did it. Can you can you all believe at home that he did this? But it's a good play. I was like pretty happy with this one. Nice, good play. Opponent um, does not rip it in. Sometimes they do just call. Quite often they do just call. And, well, you just win. Yeah, I, I, he he kind of, he, he did not look happy. I think it was like <laughs> pocket eights or pocket sevens or something. These small bets on the river out of position with those check check on the turn are yeah, good. Really, really important part of the strategy. Good. Something I didn't do for a long time. Something uh, a lot of people don't do today. But yep. it's very, very important. They usually get some kind of funny looks like this. <laughs> but, like you said, give the guy 10s or 8s or 7s or 6-5 yep. suited, getting great pot odds. It's like, yeah, what you going to do? Got to yep. call. Call and lose. And um, they lost this time. One more fish in the boat for you. Perfect. Good job. Good work. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for being here. If you enjoyed this, click the like and subscribe button below. Matt, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, McMaddo Poker, and you can find me on PokerCoaching.com where I do a weekly webinar every week. He actually does a lot of work with multi-way pots, and I have learned a ton from Matt's multi-way pot webinars. I'm sure we have lots more of those coming out, and it's good to get in there and study and work hard. So thank you for the help. Yep, you're welcome. Good luck in the games. Have fun, and we'll talk to you next time.